Alright, hello hey. everybody, mystery hey. fans. Welcome back to another episode of How Do You Connect the Dots. I'm Marty. I'm Jonathan. This is episode 43 of the show where, well, we talk to the people that solve the mysteries because God knows we're not smart enough to nope, do it on our can't own. can't figure that out yet. Yeah, uh, I have to say, Jonathan, what started out as a just terrible amateur sleuthing podcast mm-hmm. has turned into a really interesting project. Yeah, uh, as as we all know, last week we attempted to try to form sort of like uh, a Scooby-Doo style thing. Toby mm-hmm. was not a good choice for a dog to no. follow sense of anything. No, he's terrified of everything. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't. But not in the fun Scooby yeah, Doo no, way. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. I thought he would maybe come up with some good little barks that sounded like real words. Nope. Yeah, no. I don't know if you can train animals to do that. I think we need to take less inspiration from, like, children's cartoons okay. and maybe more inspiration from, uh, you know, the real-life men and women that are out there solving mysteries no, and, yeah, okay. and uh, solving all these old crimes. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, to solve the crime that that kicked all of this off. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how's your week been? It's been going okay. Uh, you know, got to catch up on True TV. A lot mm-hmm. of sometimes I get a little bit concerned that a lot of that is staged. Well, um, I mean, it's all reenacted. Like none of it is. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like some of it's just like we had a script that wouldn't work for a movie, so we're just going to throw this out. Oh, you think they're actually just making stuff up? Yeah, and which is hard for me to believe with it being like the word true Mm -hmm. TV. Well, that was after real TV, which was harder to maybe create lies out of. Yeah. Because there's no E in there. It's like true. Yeah. It's like, well, technically it's not a word. It's not a sci-fi. It's like the the SYFY channel, not a thing. Well, yeah, I've been uh, listening to a lot more podcasts. Okay, uh, loving the true crime stuff. My my favorite, although it's it's starting to make me even more paranoid than I was before, Mm. is uh, my favorite murder. Okay, and it's it's lovely to like adorable women in Hollywood talking about the murders that creep them out. And to to be honest, like listening to them talk, I get creeped out. Like it, there are terrible people out there in so, the world, and sometimes they just walk into your house. So is that a good stamp of approval to you from you? And then for me, it's like, nope, because my anxiety would kill me with it. Yeah, I don't think that you should listen to it. Okay, but good. I think um, we like the two of us could learn a lot about running this podcast because they have. Oh, they just have a good quality podcast. Yeah, and they've got a fantastic okay. community that right. like is constantly filling them in with new details about the cases that they talk about. Are they worried at all that like some people may just like cause a murder? To Absolutely. Be... Okay. Yes. Have they? That's talked one about of that? the things they talk about all the time. Like, a please don't murder us. B please don't murder each other. Like they they made T-shirts and they weren't sure that they should do it because a you're wearing a T-shirt that's like right. my favorite murder but they're like this this is how you'll identify each other to kill one another and uh, yeah oh my god it's you know it's it's adorable but it like the longer I think about it the more freaked out I get yeah so um that's why I, I just keep saying to my kids rule number one no guns yeah well that's, there you go it's a good rule as a school teacher that's an important rule that's a really important rule 
Great. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try to do less of the straight up murder learning okay. and um, try to get back to like more things about like lateral thinking okay. and thinking outside the box. And, and like, I'm really glad you went there because I was worried you were about to say, I'm, I'm done with the murder thinking and I'm about ready to do the murder doing. Well, that's part that's, see, that's, that's what this podcast worried. gets yeah, you thinking about. Any, could worried. be anybody, anytime. It's terrifying. But I don't know. That's uh, that's my update okay. for the week. Yeah. So yeah, if there's not anything else, no, we have two wonderful guests, yeah. and I, I'm really excited to get them on. Yeah, we're gonna learn a lot today about like the way stuff happens behind the scenes. Thinking, yeah, not doing about that thinking. A lot of, a lot of. Well, thinking. this is after some doing. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll leave it for them. Yep. Uh, we'll be right back. You've been watching CSI, and boy, do you like that equipment they're using. The caution tape on criminal minds is that perfect shade of yellow. Well, if you saw it on a scene of a show, we've got it for you. Gary's As Seen on TV Emporium, we have everything from chalk from Law and & Order and a chessboard from Sherlock. Gary's As Seen on TV Emporium. If you've seen it, it can be yours. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back. Mm-hmm. We are joined in the studio today by Tabitha and Pam. Welcome, y'all, to the studio. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. So you're both members of the Binding Art Tactical Team in your local police department. Is that right? Yes. We mm-hmm. are located in Des Moines, Iowa. Oh. Oh, that's oh, funny. Yeah. You say you put the S on it? And... All locals do. It's only out-of-towners that don't. Oh, wow. Do you prefer that out-of-towners continue not to do that? Or should we be calling it Des Moines? Um, I think it's best to leave the S to the locals. Okay. okay. That's good. Well, good. Then that makes it easier for us. We don't And at least change. for them, they know, like, that person doesn't know what they're doing and where they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. They're one of those tourists. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we're very excited to have you on the show yes. because uh, you've already, just from the conversations we had uh, when we met, taught us so much about what goes on behind the scenes during an investigation and during a trial. Could you, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about what you do for the Des Moines Police Department? We work in the evidence locker in the Des Moines County Police. Yeah. And um, we file and organize and sometimes decorate the evidence that comes in often, from cases. Decorate. We have an elaborate color coding system, red for murder, okay. blue for theft, green for misdemeanors. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a flesh tone for flashing. Oh, yeah. Is that a is that a large problem in Des Moines? Yes, it's the people who don't use the S that are often guilty. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Out of towners uh, coming in, showing off their. Hmm. That seems like a, a a good you know little thing to do. Just go around like, hey, I don't know. It what? just seems like. Like there's like as a new hobby. John? Well, not for me, okay. but it just seems like that's an. It'd be interesting to talk to somebody who just goes to a different city and just says, "Hey, how you doing?" If you know no one, you have nothing to lose. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Well, I imagine there are a lot of unsolved flashing cases out there. Many flesh tone mm-hmm. folders live in the yeah. evidence locker. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, I think personally, I didn't put a lot of thought into like what an evidence locker looks like. Yeah, I mean, I. From TV shows, I would say it's metal, yeah. gray, drab, fluorescent lighting. It has a lot of cash and a lot of drugs in it. Yeah, but just like in boxes. Yeah. Like, like a more boring version of that scene at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just like stacks and stacks mm-hmm. of, of cardboard. So is is that something that is typically true? Or, or do most police forces actually have a bat team like yourselves? 
I would say that we are not the not the common case for most police horses. Des Moines is lucky to have us. Um, and we've really made the evidence locker a special place. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of Christmas lights and um, overhead pendant lamps to make it feel a little bit warm, mm-hmm. even as even as lawyers and police personnel are coming to get evidence, because we want to avoid that cold metal feel that you just described. Yeah, we've also gone to great lengths to incorporate, you know, more colors into our sorting system, like we told you, to avoid mm-hmm. the piles of cardboard. Yeah, right. I, yeah. Do you, do you find that you're finding to build like a rainbow when it comes to the, the sorting process? I think this is the one case where we don't want to complete the rainbow, actually, okay. because that would be a lot of crime. That's true. Yeah. 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 The denser you get, like, was that a, a purple or right. was it more of a mauve? That does seem complicated. So um, how did you get started in, in the sort of like binding art version of, uh, of managing evidence? Well, I met Pam at the local bar. Yeah, she was an intern at the academy, you know, working real hard. She bought me a shot and just became friends from there. We kind of bonded over crafts, yeah. paper flowers. We love scrapbooking, and this mm-hmm. really extends that hobby into yeah, a career. pom-poms. Nice. We just kind of merged the two together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh. So you were able to bring a, a skill that you had developed outside of the standard training regimen and, and apply that. That's wonderful. Uh, what was the reception like when you, um, I mean, I'm sure it's different now. You've yeah. been doing this a while. But what was it like when you first started uh, bringing in your sort of enhanced uh, evidence filing? Um, I think we've had some startled looks early on as people came in and noticed, you know, all of the colors and Christmas lights, they thought, wait, am I at a party or in an evidence locker? Mm. But it's an evidence locker. And now I think they just love being in our space. Do you feel like more people are coming down to the evidence locker and using it more often than they used to? Or I think so. I think it's it's become the place for office parties. It, okay. gets, re- it gets really tight, but mm-hmm. make it work. We have weekly lunch bunches oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. where the staff is welcome to come and eat that's with right. us amidst yeah. the evidence, yeah. which is a little weird sometimes yeah. if we get some smelly evidence, but we make it work. I, I, I'm just wondering, with, with lunch bunches, do you do any workshops where you try to get officers to come down and, and learn some of your techniques that maybe they could take back to um, you know, upstairs or even help you when it comes to maybe possibly joining the binding art tactical team? Um, yeah, we do. We've done some workshops before. We tried to have some interns in there, mm. make some That's binders. Good. Kind we've of had... teach them before they've ingrained any, like mm-hmm. when there's yeah. nothing to unlearn yeah. at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. We've had some, some scrapbooking events during okay. those lunch bunches and, um, I think some of the officers are officers are maybe incorporating like some stickers and things now. Oh, cool! Into their notes mm-hmm. from the field, thanks to our workshops. Oh, that's great! Uh, what sort of stickers? Yeah, um, mostly Lisa Frank, and mm-hmm. I think that they just really enjoy seeing the colors and animals next mm-hmm. to notes about maybe otherwise grim days. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess I could see that being sort of one of the negative spots of being a police officer is the paperwork. Absolutely. I mean, and, I mean, but that is what we hear from local police officers as well as on television. It's like, now i got to fill out all the paperwork. Oh, sure. Well, and, it, and it's not just the, the sort of, like, tedium of, of putting words to paper. Right. It's it's also having to, like, 
reconstruct the events and and like basically relive the the scenes as you found them or the stories from witnesses right and i think yeah it sounds like being able to i don't know let's say like take one of your favorite pastel unicorn sticker sheets and say like okay we're gonna put this one here the one with the shaggy mane right because this is this is what how i feel right now right Mm. So how would you say this has changed your uh, relationship, like the evidence storage relationship with respect to prosecuting cases? Have you seen any changes in, in the way lawyers are, uh, are coming to you and using your evidence? I would say that lawyers are often more eager to collect evidence and they are more willing to really search through the evidence locker now because it is such a beautiful space. Mm. I would say actually beautifying the evidence locker and binding the evidence as artfully as we have has helped put more more criminals where they should be we were were really Mm. helping what was that moment that you decided like this was the path that it needed to go in i believe it when i was when i was at the bar with tabitha drinking that shot and we thought we can do better yeah Yeah. evidence can be better than this we like slowly looked at each other in the eye and we we knew yeah how long had you guys been um, working in the evidence locker before that? We were just interns when we met. Right. And uh, so we were both just still kind of mm. learning. And then we came into the evidence locker together and made magic happen. Mm. Not it... like that. I saw that face. We just decorated and, sorry, and John, organized. Jonathan has very little control over his facial expressions. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, he... that was from one of our earlier episodes. I was uh, practicing getting tased. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a mishap. So my apologies. I sometimes can't control the muscles oh, in my okay. face. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I, I think you, you still need more electrolytes. Yeah. Yeah. I, you got to get that back up. Um, but I, sodium I, yeah. You guys were talking about how you were interns together and, and that's where you guys started. Were you just biding your time and waiting for that time that they, they said the evidence locker is yours now? And how, how was that process? How long did you have to wait? Um, about like six months. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, mm. moved in pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. what was that transition period like? I mean, are are there any angry looks you get from the the former management staff of the uh, the evidence space? Um, a few. Yeah, Carol is not the happiest yeah, about what we've done mm-hmm. with the with the coloring system, but I think she's mostly just envious yeah. that she did not think of it herself. Yeah. Mm. And so Carol was the the person formerly in charge of, mm-hmm. of that. Yes, okay. yeah. Carol. We don't speak with her often now. Does she ever come to the lunch bunches? She she does not. She's tried to have her own lunch bunch upstairs now, and it doesn't seem to be going that well. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very curious to know sort of the ways in which your new filing methods are are affecting the way policing is done. Could you name for us uh, maybe like one case that stands out in your mind where your methodologies were critical in in getting that case solved, or in, or Maybe it was obvious who did it, but the the evidence otherwise would not have uh, have been available to put them away. That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I think immediately of a theft incident that we sorted some evidence on. There was some evidence that may have otherwise been so small it could have fallen through the cracks, literally, of the metal mm-hmm. old evidence locker shelving but because of our scrapbooking influence we were able to put it into a binder and save those small pieces of evidence that may have otherwise fallen through the cracks um our scrapbook of evidence from that theft i think was helpful in persecuting the robber i mean that's always a a positive feeling when you can help save certain pieces 
because uh, I know that uh, some of the cases that we've looked at, there's always been like a, a fingernail, a hair that yeah. have always disappeared, you know, just disappeared because it wasn't properly housed in the, even in Tupperware. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, I could see that like your your new the, the new scrapbooking system was able to save that stuff, and you're you're just going to solve case after case after case. Yeah. I see that you uh, brought some examples with you today. I'm assuming mm-hmm. these are of, of closed cases, so there's there's like no pending litigation going on here. Yes, yes. Hearing, you know, those toenail clippings, you'd be surprised how many cases involve nail clippings. Tabitha mm-hmm. is actually an expert on maintaining, like, you know, those human samples such as nail clippings. I hope she could speak a little bit about what we do with those. Thank you, Pam. You're welcome, Tabitha. Thank you. We organize all of the human parts very critically. We have one giant file cabinet dedicated. Mm-hmm. The first section of that cabinet is all toenails, holes, halves, little clips. You have to clean them all off, put them in little baggies, and then attach them to either the flesh-colored sure. files, right. the reds, the blues, the greens. Um it's a it's a long process. Mm. It takes a long time. Well, it's interesting that you've you've chosen to take all evidence of a certain type and sort of put it all together. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm guessing. I mean, if this was me, I would I would say it was to sort of keep all the unpleasantness in one place, so you're not mm-hmm. surprised by like, oh, I'm I'm looking at pieces about this particular breaking and entering, and right. oh no, there's a finger. Uh, yeah. And and so like having maybe how do you um, reference. Uh, evidence from from one sort of file to another. Well, on the front of the cabinet, we mm-hmm. have a laminated clip art picture of like a toe, mm. so you oh, know okay. that their toenails yeah. in there. Right. Yeah. Right. So I was drawn to this one folder because mm-hmm. uh, it has a lot of comic book stuff on it, and mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect because I couldn't really see the color of the folder. Uh, but then I opened it up and saw that it was flesh tone, and was like, whoopsie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do appreciate this one uh, section here about a, a serial flasher uh, named Hal Jordan. You, that was the case uh, name for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, well, that's interesting. That's the, the Green Lantern's right. name. Uh, and then I was looking down and saw that there was a ring in a little baggie here. Uh, I can only imagine where that ring was. And, Oof. Yeah? Yeah. I keep away from the body part, anything related to that. It's, mm-hmm, it's yes. Tabitha. She would she would know better. Oh, it just, I get uncomfortable just yeah. thinking about it. Was it was on his testicles. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. You can see you the see note. The, yeah. The, yeah. The note right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's an interesting one that, that um, brings me to another question, which is how do you coordinate with the detectives and, and the other officers that are in the field and gathering this evidence? Like when they bring stuff to you, are are there sort of new requirements that you have for them in order to like get them to step up their game and, and get things ready to go into your system? I think that one of our strengths that we do arguably a better job of than Carol did is really communicating clearly with the people who come to the evidence mm-hmm. locker. So, I mean, we're always we're always willing to help. And I think that it's one of those cases where we do it ourselves because we want it done the right way. So evidence is usually just dropped off to us, and then we sort it into our color-coded system as Mm -hmm. best as we can. That's great. So um, I like the use of seashells here. Mm -hmm. It was a beach beach mystery. All of the beaches in Iowa. 
So I, I noticed that a lot of these materials in here, they, they obviously are, are not evidence themselves. I, right. assume, I assume the shells and the, the stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a budget for that that you're able to draw from or, or are you actually like expensing this yourself? We have taken to selling some of our crafts to fund oh, wow. the beautification of the evidence locker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a long tradition of, of police fundraising to, yeah. to buy better equipment. Mm-hmm. And I think that only makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's nice in this case, you know, you don't usually have police like selling bullets to buy more guns. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's nice that you can have something that the, the public can enjoy that also is a policing tool. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. So I think we're about out of time, uh, but mm-hmm. I, I do Darn. want to ask, uh, what is next for your department? What do you think are the the next steps, both in terms of like short term, what do you think will happen, uh, but like your longer term goals, where would you like to be in five to 10 years? We've been um, talking a lot about reaching out to other evidence lockers to see if our model could expand to other departments around the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now we're working on some promotional materials to take to the National Evidence Locker Conference. Conference. Mm -hmm. That's that's going to be held in Vegas this year. So we're very excited. Oh, very nice. Not only to distribute some of our information um, but also, you know, just Vegas, to live yeah. it up a little. Yeah. You know, I've heard about the ELC. Um, mm-hmm. I've never been to it, but I definitely no. Yeah. If I mean, you think we have a lot of toenails, we yeah. to the ELC. Wow. Yeah. Well, what? maybe we can scrape together the funds. Ooh. Maybe that. I mean, it would be interesting to go. We'll get a Patreon update and yeah. see see where we're at. I recommend selling crafts. You know, that's that's a very good idea. I'm not really good at drawing. I mean, we did take that class on sketching, but I still can't get past the stick figure. I love this idea of, of decoupage. You, you sidestep the whole drawing issue. And, I, we could, yeah. Yeah. All right. It becomes about repurposing. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. I love it. All right. Well, that's about all the questions for yeah. me. Jonathan, did, did you have No, I, I, I'm just, I'm happy that you guys have... Uh, brought a, a new niche to Des Moines and uh hopefully we can get you down here to the BCPD It'd be yeah. really good yeah we would yeah. love to have you work with uh with our local law enforcement yeah. and uh and see about really just stepping up the game mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of unsolved crime yeah. uh, in every city in every city but when you live in Baltimore you feel it yep so Great. Well, uh, Tabitha and Pam, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, keep up the good work. All right, folks, we'll be right back. My fellow Americans, it's time for the youth of America to be appreciated and respected. New jobs are on the way, like personal window washer, stronger border protection, because this nation is strong but welcoming. America, believe in yourself and just do it. Vote Kevin O'Mug. That's Kevin O-M-U-G-G-E. Paid for by the parents of Kevin O'Mug. You're doing so well, sweetheart. I'm Kevin O'Mug. And I approve this message. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Jonathan, I really appreciate how dedicated that team is. Yeah, they've done a a lot of good work, it seems, down over in Des Moines. Yeah. Well, um, and I just feel like they are very on their game. Yeah. Yeah, like they are very serious Mm -hmm. about what they're doing and how they're doing, even though it's, I would say, like an extremely new art form yeah i wouldn't even say it's a science i mean and the other thing is is that it's always good to find that sort of thing that makes you want to go back to work right 
Um, Absolutely. And so this is that at least that little ray of sunshine in an otherwise cloudy uh, right. job that you yeah. can have. In an otherwise drab, gray, yeah. metal, fluorescent evidence environment. I just hope um, they're able to, you know, attribute their work mm-hmm. to solving some more serious crimes. Yeah. Great. Well, um, let's see. Next week we have a field trip planned. Yeah. We're going down to the farm. Yeah. Going down to a body farm. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid we can't say where it is. That's part of how these things work. Uh, but we're going to go see the place where the forensic scientists learn what a body looks like when it's been under gravel for six weeks. So yeah, look forward to that. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, you can go ahead and Google body farms, mm-hmm. but we'll be back with a lot more of that. And I'm yeah. very stoked. It should be interesting. I want to try some of the apples. Uh, do Nope. Nope. It's not that kind of farm. Okay. Do not eat anything from this farm. Okay. I'll do my best. Because it's cadavers. Oh, okay. Yep. Good times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, we'd like to hear from you. How would you use scrapbooking to solve crime? Let us know on Facebook or Twitter at We Have to Ask, or find us online at wehavetoask.com. And, and honestly, if anyone has any clues to who broke open the pickle jar at my work, I need to know. I think it was one of the kids. I'm not 100% sure, but we're working on it. So any leads would be wonderful. That's right. Thanks so much for all of your help so far in uh, the Facebook group. And uh, yeah. we really will take any help we can get. We want to get this solved. It's, the whole, it's really the whole point of this endeavor. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. And as always, you know, from one to two. Sometimes you got to color outside the lines. Yeah. See you all next time. This episode of How Do You Connect the Dots was brought to you by Gary's As Seen on TV Emporium and the Committee to Elect Kevin O'Mug. We'd like to thank our producers, Amy and Here Be Lobsters. Thanks to Norris Blackman for the show art. And thanks to Skies and Chaos for the use of our theme song, New Day. Check them out on iTunes. And while you're there, check us out as well. If you're already subscribed, give us a review and a rating. It really helps. Join the discussion online at wehavetoask.com or on Twitter or Facebook at wehavetoask. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts at peakslaw.com.